Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Taking the show out on the road. My name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer. We're live out of the state fairgrounds in the tap room, and we are feeling good. They put us in the right spot for sure. <laughs> what better way to celebrate Beer Sample Friday than by being at the epicenter of beers in the state of Indiana right now, the tap room at the Indiana State Fair. So, have you ever been arrested? No. Have you ever? I've, I've surprisingly, I've never been arrested. I've, I've certainly never been arraigned on federal charges. But I'm sure if I was, if that somehow happened to me in my life, I'd be pretty nervous about it. I'd be scared. It'd be a big deal, right? Yeah. You're not talking about getting locked up for stealing a candy bar. You're talking about federal charges like Donald Trump is facing right now. Right. So while so we would probably, I'd you know, pooping my pants, be pooping I, yeah. our pants, cowering in the corner, you know, calling every lawyer we know, Donald Trump does things a little differently. <laughs> he showed up to one of his golf clubs that he owns in New Jersey last night. <laughs> there was a wedding going on, and he crashed that bad boy. <laughs> So basically, after being arraigned on federal charges again, (laughs) not the first time, again, Donald Trump and Don Jr., they go full Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn in Wedding Crashers. (laughs) Wedding season, kid. Sandbagging son of a We have a wedding and a reception to seal the deal, period. There's no overtime. That's what they were doing last night, having a good time, well, hanging Trump, out at weddings. Trump always finds a way to make it about himself, doesn't he? <laughs> I guess they're giving the couple a memory of a lifetime, though. Well, I mean, sure. They are at West Bedminster, or whatever you call it, his golf club there in Jersey. I think it'd be pretty cool if the uh, former president just showed up right after being indicted for, what, <laughs> the 80th time? Right. Remember when, like, like being uh, president being indicted was, like, so shocking? Wall-to-wall coverage on television. And now it's just like, oh, wait, he got indicted again? Yeah, all right. I think the novelty's worn off a little bit. So let me ask you this. This was a question that I ran by Tony Kennett when he filled in for you yesterday. Donald Trump's polling always goes up after one of these, you know, arraignments and indictments. How high would his numbers go up if he walked out of that courthouse yesterday, looked around at the cameras, and he had a T-shirt on that said, indict this with an arrow (laughs) pointing down? Uh, they, I mean, it's, they, they go through the roof. I think you're talking about a Reagan Mondale style blowout. If he walks out of the court in that shirt, indict this with the big arrow, like one of his ties, pointing right down. I mean, that's a game changer. Game over. Uh, he did post on Truth Social last night. Now, he doesn't do Twitter anymore. He doesn't do Facebook. He's still milking this Truth Social kind of thing. Now, I don't do a very good Donald Trump oh, no, impression. Don't make me do it in front of all these people. But, Nige, you do a Donald Trump impression. So what did the former president say last night? Considering the fact 
that I had to fly to a filthy, dirty, falling apart, very unsafe Washington, D.C. today. And then I was arrested for my political opponent who was losing badly to me in the polls, crooked Joe Biden. It was a very good day. Big nudge, ladies and gentlemen, right there. Well done. That hurts my... You're getting uh, a standing ovation from the tap room right now. <laughs> this is like the pinnacle of your career. When you get a standing ovation from the tap room at the fair, <laughs> you Trump, have arrived. For a lame Trump impression, yes. Uh, now, a lot of people are wondering, what do the other candidates have to say? The first time around, Ron DeSantis kind of had a different tune. Now, he's kind of supporting Donald Trump. He put out this statement yesterday, quote... Washington, D.C. is a swamp, and it's unfair to have to stand trial before a jury that is reflective of the swamp mentality. One of the reasons our country is in decline is the politicization of the rule of law. Uh -huh. No more excuses. I will end the weaponization of the federal government. And that's fine. I agree with him. I'm on board with him. I'd like Ron DeSantis. If it came right down to it, I'd be voting for him. But I love how Ron is finally on board with criticizing the government now. But remember when uh, the district attorney in Manhattan, Fat Alvin Bragg, hey, hey, hey. came down with his indictment, the, the, the state indictment about the... You you know, the illicit charges made to Stormy Daniels, he basically, um, here he is here making a joke about it. You're talking about this situation with, and look, I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to, to secure silence over some type of alleged affair. I just, I can't speak to that. There was a different time, yeah, guys, if, when his poll numbers I mean, were higher. If he would have, <laughs> if he would have, I, I thought that was a bad look for him. And I know Trump went after DeSantis hard. He still does. But that could have shown people that he was above the fray. The people that like Trump but don't like the baggage. Right. That could have showed people that I thought that was kind of a mistake on his part. So while that's going on with the former president and a guy running for president, Let's check in with the current vice president. Oh, the borders are. The borders are yeah. Kamala Harris. Uh, she was speaking with uh, one of the representatives of Mongolia. Oh. And take a listen to this. Let's play a little drinking game here, okay? So anybody in the tap room that has a beverage right now, if you have a beverage at home, crack that bad boy open because we're going to play a little drinking game here. Can I open mine here? Please. Let me hear. Here. You know what? I'm going to do the same. I got a, uh, one of these uh, lemon... Uh, lemon shake-up cocktails. Okay. This is the first of many beers, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This so, 6% alcohol. In this 27-second soundbite that I'm going to play, it's just 27 seconds, I want you to take a drink every time you hear Kamala Harris say, space cooperation. We will discuss the work that we will do together to strengthen our space cooperation. You and I spoke briefly about the beginning of the next era and for you what that means in terms of your leadership and your vision for the future. And certainly strengthening our space cooperation would be a part of that agenda. Including, of course, using our space cooperation to think about how we strengthen the economic <laughs> prosperity and development of our nation. So there's three times oh, in 27 I'm seconds. I'm already hammered. Now, is Space. that better or is that worse than the 26-second soundbite we had previously where she was talking about the passage of time? <laughs> so, again, everybody with your beverages, Come on. take a drink. Every time you hear the borders are, say the phrase, passage of time. 
talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. We may not make it through this hour, Nige. We may not make it through this hour. So we are going to have a good time. We're going to have fun. And it is Beer Sample Friday here at the Indiana State Fair. We are in the tap room, not too far from the Harvest Pavilion. And come by, hang out. And anybody that's got a beverage right now, let's get this thing rolling. On the count of three, if you've got a drink, raise it up. And as loud as you can, say cheers. One, two, three. Cheers! I like it. I like it. Nice. All right, we are getting our our drink on here at the tap room. Live out at the state fairgrounds, the tap room. My name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer right over there. Uh, point of privilege here, real quick. Please. Uh, this hilarious story that happened to me while I was gone for the past couple of days. My wife and the kids went three hours north to uh, Lake Michigan, a little town called St. Joseph. Okay. And it's beautiful, gorgeous lake. I've never seen. I've never been to any of the Great Lakes. Did you run so into Gretchen Whitmer? I did not <laughs> run into evil witch. Big Gretchen. No, big. Bridge. But we were, so we had got done swimming, we got done at the beach, and we were waiting uh, to get seated at this giant uh, pizza place called Silver Beach Pizza. It's excellent stuff. And we're kind of sitting next to this 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 mom and her two little kids, and I see that they had an Indian's cap on, right? Indy Indians. In the Indianapolis Indians. Or as the Indy Star calls them, the Indian Indianapolis baseball team. <laughs> so anyway, we started talking. And then and then this other guy comes walking up and it's her husband, and he has two beers, sets them down, so they had you know, went and got some beers while they were waiting, and he was wearing a Turd Ferguson shirt. Now Turd Ferguson <laughs> is the character that Norm McDonald yeah. played when he was doing Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. on Saturday Night Live. So, but, but he was, it was when he was in costume with the big yellow hat. It's funny because it's bigger than a That's normal what, okay, hat. Okay, so he had that shirt on, right? <laughs> and I said to the guy, I go, oh, man, that shirt's hilarious. And I was talking about you. I go, yeah, I got a buddy of mine that would wear that shirt. That's awful. Awesome. <laughs> and he just stood there and looked at me, stared me dead in the eyes for 10 seconds. Kind of was like, what? He goes, are you Nigel? No way. <laughs> and I go, no. Well, that depends. <laughs> he goes and he had two little kids and, and my little kids are sitting right there and he starts freaking out. I effing love you guys. <laughs> what the? My mother had, like just the F-bombs were, I, I was causing him to drop F-bombs in front of small kids. The little kids were around and he's <laughs> letting the filth fly, and baby. His, his wife was looking at him, honey, this is Nigel, Hammer and Nigel. And I go, well, I mean, that was so random. In like the middle. Bruce Springsteen was yeah, sitting there exactly. or something. And, and, and it was it was so so special hello to Alan and his beautiful wife, Lauren, and their kids. Well, that's awesome. Running randomly. I mean, what are the chances uh, the guy just, like, recognized my voice, I guess, or whatever? They're huge fans. So, uh, Alan and Lauren, thanks. And it was really nice to meet you. That's awesome, man. What I've noticed, and again, I, I put this on social media the other day. You and I, Nige, have been doing radio since we're like 18, 19 years old. We were young pups in this game in the city. I've never seen 
listeners more loyal and passionate than the Hammer and Nigel WIBC listeners. Like, I'll be at the airport, you yeah. know, just bummed out, having a Cubs hat on. <laughs> somebody will come up, hey, I love the show. Like, <laughs> and because of what we talk about, you never know if somebody's wanting to come up and beat the hell out oh, of yeah. us or, you know, talk to well, us. Sometimes we have opinions people may not agree with. Right. Sometimes we mix it up on Twitter. Right. Twitter tough guys. But, but I've never actually encountered it in person. It's always been positive. They're invited so, here. If you're a Twitter tough guy that's always had a problem with Nige and I or maybe Tony <laughs> Kennett, maybe Rob Kendall, you know where we're at until 7 o'clock today. So you can either be a keyboard warrior or we can have an adult conversation here. <laughs> we're not going to have an adult conversation with anybody. <laughs> Look at us. We started drinking at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, what makes this different than any other Friday? <laughs> like, the inside joke is people think, well, I can't wait till you guys officially kick off the weekend with Beer Sample Friday. In my narrator voice, they already began. <laughs> like, the first beer on this program on Friday usually gets cracked in the 3 o'clock hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, by the way, so Sticks, the free concert tonight. Yes. Um, at the Hoosier Lottery free stage. So good news, bad news. Good news is Sticks is tonight. They're going to put on an amazing show at the Hoosier Lottery free stage. The bad news is, and we found this out today, we're not going to introduce the band. What happened? We were all set. I guess they've already got a guy that does it. I don't know. Maybe Uh, they're going to have like Michael Buffer come out there. (laughs) Let's get ready for Sticks. (laughs) I have no idea. But uh, Or or, or maybe Tommy Shaw heard your bit the other day when I was gone, how I injured my crank. (laughs) (laughs) That is a Hammer and Nigel show favorite. Maybe maybe he heard that and said, well, maybe we'll just get our guy to do it. (laughs) Those are the guys supposed to introduce us us tonight <laughs> look there's a kid with an is this anything t-shirt on how about that shut up oh, about wow, that yeah, i like it that's awesome we have to get a picture with that kid that's right awesome on. all right uh we have got a lot of things going on here still plenty of time to stop by and hang out with us we are here until seven tonight the air-conditioned tap room here at the indiana state fair i would like to believe everybody's here to see us but there is beer here and it is air conditioned here. that big long line <laughs> yeah. up there by the tap <laughs> Yeah. tells with, me they're with, here for other reasons. With everybody's back to us. You know? <laughs> but if you get a little time, come by and hang out with us. We'll have a beverage. We'll eat something deep fried, and we'll have a good time. Real quick, any um, any Colts updates for us? Any? Like, so I know you've been, been out of town. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Taylor still wants out. And it sounds like, now I, I don't have the update for today, but the last two days, the starting quarterback reps have gone to the rookie uh, that oh, we wow. drafted in the first round, Richardson. He, he, didn't he just have something with his nose, though, his septum? Yeah. It must have been minor surgery. You've had that before. I've had, I've, had, I've had deviated septum surgery, which took me out for seven days. That must not have been what he had. But you uh, but and I, an NFL quarterback may have the same thing in common. <laughs> might be the, the only, only thing. thing. <laughs> that is pretty much the only thing. We have cracked crooked septums. <laughs> uh, it's the Hammer and Nigel Show live at the Tap Room, the Indiana State Fair. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Live out of the 
the State Fairgrounds. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Thanks to everybody coming out. We are live in the tap room. Hammer, we have a special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Every Friday around this time, we are very fortunate to have our friend Tommy Piggott join us. He is the Rapid Response Director for the RNC. Tommy, let's start with this testimony from Devin Archer, the transcript was released tucker carlson sat down with them we've heard pretty much the same story now take me through the biggest takeaways of what hunter biden's old business partner had to say well i think the biggest takeaway is just how much joe biden was lying about his involvement in his son's business dealings i mean first you had joe biden saying he had no involvement whatsoever in hunter's business dealings and then Devin Archer testified that, well, actually, Biden was placed on speakerphone over 20 times during business meetings to sell the Biden business. And then in response to that, Democrats tried to say, oh, but Biden had no idea who he was talking to. You know, Biden was just talking on speakerphone. But then Devin Archer testified that Biden often knew who he was talking to and knew Hunter's associates. And then sort of a third line come out of that is the Democrats that would claim that, oh, he might have knew, knew who the associates were, but he had no knowledge of the dealing. He had no knowledge of the actual business. And Devin Archer testified that Biden actually did know what was going on. In fact, Biden sent <laughs> Devin Archer a letter expressing his excitement about their business partnership. So I think it really hammers home how much Joe Biden has been lying about this. And we expect the Biden crime family to lie. That's what they do. I mean, you expect lions to maul zebras. You expect the Biden crime family to lie. But we're also seeing the spillover effect happen into Congress. And this brings us to a guy we've dubbed as Al Bundy Jr., Representative <laughs> Dan Goldman. Uh, this guy lying to any camera who will see. I mean, it, it was so clear when he came out and he completely misrepresented what was in the transcript. He basically said Devin Archer testified to this, quote, illusion of access. When it turns out that was Dan Goldman's words, not Devin Archer's words. He basically completely misrepresented that transcript. Uh, and it, 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 sh it shows the bias on top of it all, too, with the fact that Dan Goldman says this without any evidence. And almost every single media outlet runs with Dan Goldman's characterization without question. And then as soon as the transcripts release, it shows he wasn't telling the truth. So it, it hammers home again how Democrats are lying about this, but also how biased the media is. Hey, Tommy, I'm wondering if you, you mentioned Devin Archer sat down with Tucker Carlson and he released that, uh, at least part of the interview on Twitter or X or whatever we're supposed to call it now. And, you know, Devin Archer's a Washington insider. Tucker Carlson's a lifetime Washington insider. And it was fascinating to watch those two have a conversation because it was almost like it was tongue in cheek. Like they were all they were laughing about it almost like Tucker led him straight down a path of like, hey, this is kind of really what was going on. Right. And Devin Archer was like, yeah, I mean, come on. This is this is really what it was about. Did you pick that up during that conversation? Yeah, well, I think it kind of tore down any of the sort of uh, facades and, and fake defenses that Biden was trying to put up, claiming that yes. they're talking about the weather or that it was the illusion of access. When in reality, the ability to put the vice president then on the phone, on speakerphone during a business meeting is a clear indication to sell that brand of Biden influence. So it really did tear down uh, really any of the facade that Biden 
was trying to put up by, by playing word games, basically, when in reality, we all do know what was going on here. And the evidence keeps on mounting that the Bidens were selling the, bride, the Biden brand and the Biden brand was Joe Biden. Tommy Piggott is our guest. He is the Rapid Response Director for the RNC. You can see some of his work at the very popular handle at RNC Research. That's a must-follow, by the way. It is. That, that's a hilarious Twitter account. And it's on the and White House's radar, too. Yeah. <laughs> They've said it's one of their least favorite accounts. Uh, Tommy, I think a story that's kind of been buried this week with everything going on between Trump and the testimony of Archer and Biden is that the United States has been stripped of its top credit rating. This is only the second time in the history of our country this has happened, and it feels like this should be a much bigger story. It should be. I mean, it, it really, uh, the irony of Joe Biden claiming to be fiscally responsible when on his watch we have a credit downgrading uh, of the U.S. credit rating. I mean, it really shows how fiscally unresponsible Joe Biden is. He goes out there, first thing he does, wastes $1.9 trillion on far-left pet projects, uh, really uh, undermining our economy, fueling inflation. And then on top of that, he wants to spend even more. And then we see interest rates rising to a 22-year high because of the in order to fight that inflation. And then now, because of that really perfect storm of higher debt prices, a higher amount of debt, higher inflation, we're seeing this downgrade. It shows really that everyone in this country is paying more because of Joe Biden's policies, including the federal government. What is the... I, I mean, Biden gets out there and brags about Bidenomics, which to my knowledge, was supposed to be an insult. I think it started out as a joke. Yeah, the economy's failing, uh, part of Bidenomics, and he kind of turned around and used it as a virtue, uh, a, a virtuous description. What is the biggest falsity right now that people believe about, you know, when, he t when Joe Biden talks about the economy, when he talks about, oh, inflation's coming down, oh, prices, uh, wages, blah, blah, blah. What is one of the, like, what stands out to you as a glaring falsehood? Well, I mean, really, everything you just mentioned there is false. But I think the ultimate thing is when he goes out there and he says Bidenomics is working. To me, that's yeah. either a false statement or it shows that he's somehow wanting to make American families poor. I mean, how else can you look at the fact of saying that the middle class is actively losing wealth, that you have real wages down 3% since Biden took office, inflation up, uh, up double what it was, and prices up 16.6% since Biden took office. Really, an indicator on their, uh, after indicator, families are poor. So when Biden says Bidenomics is working, is he doing this on purpose? And if he is, it's just one more reason that we need to vote him out of there in 2024. Tommy Piggott with us, uh, RNC Rapid Response Director. Hey, Tommy, every once in a while we get a rare piece of balanced journalism on CNN. And I'm talking about from their reporters, not the opinion host. We expect them to have differing opinions. But very often on CNN, the straight-laced reporters are the ones that are probably the most biased. But they were talking about this new poll that CNN did. Now, we're not talking about a Breitbart poll or a Fox News poll. This CNN poll shows Biden with a 41% approval rating. And when it comes to the economy, even lower than that. I haven't heard folks on CNN bash a Democrat like this in a long time. Well, at a certain point, it goes to show really how bad the economic reality is. The only people that are being helped by Bidenomics are either those in the administration or Biden's own family. Everyone else is getting poorer here. 
I mean, it's, it's really a terrible policy. And on top of that, there's another poll that was recently released from Reuters that shows that the majority of Biden voters, Biden voters who voted for Joe Biden in 2020, don't approve of Joe Biden on the economy. That the majority say that the economy is not improving, with the plurality saying the economy is actively getting worse. And those are Biden voters. So even Biden's own base is not buying Bidenomics. That shows you how terrible the economic reality is. So what do you think they're going to do then? I mean, uh, do you see, I, I don't even know with your position at the RNC, if you're allowed to comment on, on speculate or what the Democrats might do if Biden, I mean, I mean, do you think, or, or are you allowed to speculate on if Biden will be the guy come 2024, or are they working to to move someone else into his spot? Would that surprise you at all, I guess, if that happened? Well, right now, it seems like they're really doing everything they can to, to rig their process to make sure Joe Biden is enough. So that's all the yes. indications we have at this moment. Uh, ultimately, though, if it's Joe Biden, if it's Kamala Harris, if it's Gavin Newsom, uh, I mean, it's, they're all failures in terms of California. Really, Gavin Newsom's policies being so destructive to that state. Kamala Harris being the least popular vice president in history. I mean, there's no one really to replace, quote unquote, Joe Biden, because the Democratic Party is a party of failure. Their idea, ideology is bankrupt. So whether it's Joe Biden or someone else, the American people are going to reject it. And right now, all indications point to Joe Biden being that nominee. But regardless, we're going to have a Republican president uh, elected in 2024. Now, Tommy, you say there's nobody lined up to replace Joe Biden. I think Gavin Newsom would like to have a word with you because it feels like this dude has been running a shadow campaign for a number of months now to the point to where he wants to have a debate with Ron DeSantis separate from any <laughs> other debate. He wants to sit down with Ron DeSantis. And I'm curious as to your thoughts. Well, I mean, they should maybe make the audience all the people that have moved from California to Florida in recent years. Because uh, I think that's a compelling yeah. enough argument for, for why his policies are so disastrous. In San Francisco, where he was mayor uh, before he was governor, has literally become the poster child uh, of a failed city. I mean, that there is, there's no other way to really describe his tenure, his career as a politician, except for failure, except for making sure that he empowers the left while really leaving American families behind. And, and under Gavin Newsom, U-Hauls are literally leaving the state at such a rate, uh, at such a rate they're actually running out of trucks. That's how fast people are leaving California. Uh, so if they, if they really want to have that debate and Gavin Newsom wants to California uh, make uh, America California, I think that's a losing argument for the Democrats. All right, Tommy Piggott, RNC Rabbit Response Director here on the Hammer and Nigel Show, broadcasted live out of the State Fair. One more thing before we let you go, Tommy, just an update on Bank the Vote. Uh, if people don't know what Bank of the Vote is, maybe uh, reset that for us and, and, and tell us where we're at with that. Yeah, Bank Your Vote is an initiative to educate and activate Republican voters to make sure that they bank their votes before Election Day. Uh, it's starting right now at bankyourvote.com. Uh, people can sign up on that website, and we're building out state-specific pages to make sure you have all the information you need to get that vote early. Because uh, when you vote early, uh, first, it lets us really target our resources in an extremely effective way to get out voters who haven't voted yet and make sure that on Election Day, if something happens, that your vote's already in. And then it's also combined with our Protect Your Vote efforts. We're really ramping those up, continuing to ramp those up uh, really in unprecedented ways to make sure that we bank your vote and protect your vote. So the first step is for everyone to go to bankyourvote.com and really be part of that team that's going to beat Biden in 2024. Tommy, do you feel like the Republicans have made solid ground up in 
what's usually a Democrat stronghold of early voting, ballot harvesting, and things like that? Well, it really depends on the state. A lot of states, we actually had a lot of successes. So it's going to be about making sure that in every state we have those successes. Uh, so Republicans, I believe, are motivated. We just launched our first specific state leadership team in Wisconsin. Uh, and really, the entire Republican con uh, congressional delegation is part of that state leadership team, which shows the unity of purpose behind this. Republicans across the country know that we need to really uh, beat the Democrats at their own game, making sure that we're getting those votes in early. So first of all, people can make sure that they bank their votes. And like I said, we can target those resources that we have in a really effective way. If we build that road now, we build that infrastructure now by everyone going to bankyourvote.com, we can hand that to the nominee. The nominee can use that to make sure that they really beat Biden and have a, have a massive victory in 2024. Tommy Pickett, RNC Rapid Response Director. Tommy, great job. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. is starting to foam at the mouth because we're right outside of the fried Oreo <laughs> vendor. Uh, at the t he's already making plans for the top of the hour during the news to rush out there. I, I have a feeling you'd, you'd smoke a deep fried cigarette if you could. Dude. Anything deep fried. Anything deep fried is good when you get it at the fair. Deep fried Oreos, deep fried Snicker, deep fried cigarette, deep fried air, <laughs> you name it. I will eat the bejesus out of it. And I can smell like the aroma wafting in here. Oh, it's so beautiful. I, where I'm positioned right now, on one side, I smell deep fried goodness. On the other side, I smell beer and I see beer. Like, I may be dead and this could be heaven. I'm not sure what's going on, but uh, we're having a real good time out here. We got some awesome Hammer and Nigel listeners. They've pulled up the chairs, like, close to the stage area here. And uh, we've kind of got ourselves a little house party going on. And anybody can come by. If you're at the fair, you just want to stop by and yeah. cool off, come on by. Now, it's not just the deep fried goodness that I'm after here, Nigel. Have you had, like, those Polish sausages with all the onions and stuff on it? If I had one of those right now, the way I've been eating the past couple of days while I was away on vacation, I'd be broadcasting from the bathroom right behind us in the, <laughs> in the stall. So, How much so weight just, did you pick up on vacation, <laughs> Nige? Be honest. What are we talking about well, I mean, I, First of all, I was only gone a couple days, so probably 10 pounds. Uh, <laughs> the question stands. <laughs> Man, it's something about going on vacation where I don't care how healthy of a person you are. You might drink eight gallons of water a day and only you know eat a certain diet. When you, when you go on vacation, all bets are off. Yeah. And you're getting ready to go, aren't you? I'll be yeah. gone next Monday through Thursday. Are you? Uh, are, 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 and I heard you tell Rob Kendall that you might be having to change your lifestyle a little bit when you get back. Is that uh, on the Man, table? Man, there's a diet in my future. Oh, no. But it's not going to be today, damn it. <laughs> it is not going to be today. <laughs> They're actually cheering that you're going to keep on eating unhealthy for the next week. <laughs> Have that heart attack, fatty, yeah! <laughs> These are my people. I love them, man. All right, do not go anywhere. We are having a good time. It's Beer Sample Friday here at the Indiana State Fair. We're inside the air-conditioned goodness of the tap room. Nigel, can you make a beer run? I'll make a beer run. You make a fried Oreo run, and we'll be back. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Emma and Nigel presents... Is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Rock and roll. Live out at the State Fairgrounds, getting over some technical issues. Sorry about that. Uh, how do we play Is This Anything? How is it JMV gets engineering help, but when we go on the road, <laughs> like three times a year, we don't. What the hell? Uh, is This Anything works like this. I'm going to run some stories by you. You are going to break down all of the information and give the masses here the results. Is it really anything or not? Is This Anything? California man walked into a 7-Eleven and began putting a lot of packs of smokes into a big trash bag. The customer recorded the action, and when the guy be- started to begin to beat the crap out of him... <laughs> Did you, I, I, I tweeted this. Yeah. I know what you're talking about here. So here's yeah. the moment that the attacker was taken on by the 7-Eleven employees. Take a listen. That is what I'm going Ain't nothing you can do, man, until the police come in. Don't do that. Don't do that, man. Don't do that. He's beating the crap out. Boom. <laughs> go, to, go to Twitter and scroll down a few posts. I posted that. So there's this trend everywhere in the United States, Hammer, of guys going into bodegas, guys going into drugstores, guys going into gas stations, and just clearing the shelves out because uh, the Democrat administrations have said, hey, you can't even arrest somebody unless it's over nine or $1,000, right? So this guy goes in to this gas station, goes behind the counter, and just starts, like, with his forearm, clearing out Swisher Sweets, cigarettes, everything behind the counter. And the guy's like, you can't do nothing. There's nothing you could do to me. <laughs> and the guys that own the gas station disagreed with that a little bit. <laughs> One guy got behind him, pulled him down to the floor, and then a second guy started beating the ever-living crap out of him with what looked to be a broomstick. Ooh. And I would love every minute of it. That's what should happen every time to these people that think they could go in and uh, just clear a store out because the police have been told not to do anything by Democratic administrations. That's what has to happen. That's what has to start vigilante justice, <laughs> if you will, with some of these guys that are getting, this is our livelihoods, these guys. And uh, so just scroll, go to Ad Hammer and Nigel on Twitter, scroll down just a few minutes. And here's the thing, here's the kicker. At the end of the beating, the guy gets up and goes, do you mind if I have a soda? <laughs> the nerve. Like, are you kidding me? Yes, I'm mine. Which brings us to great moments in convenience store employees fighting back history. Oh. There was a mighty mart in Southern California. Brad Hamilton was the employee. The movie was Fast Times at Ridgemont High. There it is. And there was a robber trying to hold up the mighty mart. And Brad Hamilton, quick on his feet, threw the coffee in his face. Great moments in convenience store employees fighting back history. I love it. Is this anything? 
an illegal dispensary set up in the parking lot of a restaurant. They were at a rehab facility and triggered oh, the police wow. to react the undersheriff came up what went down. One was operating here in the parking lot of the former carriage house, which now goes by the name of River's Edge. Uh, we immediately set up a surveillance, made some undercover buys, and found that the person was operating illegally. In addition to selling marijuana, he was also selling hallucinogens. And they were approached by this gentleman who was uh, soliciting business, wanted to sell them drugs. And the supervisors who were uh, assisting these people took great offense to that. And that was the, the impetus for this whole case. To begin. I don't buy the paper, but the people that were working near were working in my garden. He, he knew he was sitting next to rehab, hoping to get customers wandering out on the way out. What a complete scumbag. These people are in rehab trying to get clean, and this guy goes, I know what I'll do. I'll set up an illegal dispensary right outside rehab, make a little extra dough, and take advantage of these people who are probably still in the early days of recovery. That's one theory. Am I a horrible person for thinking this is supply and demand? <laughs> this is what the economy was built on. This is good old-fashioned capitalism. You are a horrible person, yes. If I'll you think these everybody. folks want your services, you should be able to provide said services. <laughs> You're not forcing them to smoke it. You're not forcing them to use it and pack it in a bong or a pipe or whatever the kids okay, are doing these right. days. I'm just saying there yep. are two sides to every story. You might be a horrible person, yes, I think so. Here's some more drug stuff. Drug stuff. Lunnies. Bongs. Weed. Doobies. Drug stuff. An attorney in Minnesota reached her goal of finishing law school and became a lawyer after years of drug addiction and jail time. through the adversity and bettering her life wow. so she can help others. Wow. Not a very good criminal because I got caught really, really fast. And once I had been charged and pleaded guilty to my first felony, I couldn't even process it. And suddenly I'm a convicted felon with a drug problem. There's a mandatory minimum for repeat drug offenders, and she is a serial recidivist who cannot be rehabilitated. But the judge was like, well, she did say she got into law school. Like, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Started law school with an ankle monitor. <laughs> a lot has happened in my life, and I'm just grateful to be on this side of it. Well, let's be honest. Yeah, this is something. It's a great story of redemption. Uh, she's overcome her addiction, or I don't know if addicts really overcome anything. Maybe she's still in recovery. Went to law school. Now, I will say this. Let's say I get charged with, I don't know, involuntary manslaughter, and I have the choice between... The meth head, the former meth head that got her law degree, <laughs> and a regular lawyer that doesn't have that kind of background, which are you choosing? Okay, again, <laughs> devil's advocate. Depending on the case, maybe you need somebody who thinks like a crackhead. And if that's the case, never, who better than a previous I, crackhead? I never really thought of it that way. I've got one for you. Okay. I'm going to run one by you. One more here. Is this anything? 
I have a deep fried Oreo. I see that. Purchased right outside here. I also have one of these Wilbur Shaw beers. Let's see what a deep fried Oreo oh. tastes like. Oh. Dipped in, <laughs> dunked in the Wilbur Shaw beer. You are fat. That, that, is, <laughs> that I mean, I just don't know how to, anywhere else to put it. On a count of three, if you'd like to see me try the deep fried Oreo, a count of three, I'm going to make some noise. One, two, three. <laughs> how is it? It's better separated. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is you probably should not have dunked the deep-fried Oreo in the nope. Wilbur Pilsner. No. That, may, that may have been a mistake, but the Pilsner was really good. The Oreo was really good. Mm. I do not recommend dunking it into All the right. beer. Well, dunk your Milky Way in the beer. Maybe that'll be different. All right, Maybe. So that's a deep-fried Milky Way, like a right. candy bar is inside the there. The deep-fried Milky Way. Now, I've never had one of these before. So let's see what this tastes like. First, let's try it in the Pilsner. Mm. Right there. Same. <laughs> Same. But man, this is really good. I'm going to gain 18 pounds before we leave this broadcast That's today. That's the goal. But this is really good. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. We're live at the Indiana State Fair in the tap room. Come by. We're here till 7. And we are broadcasting live from the tap room at the Indiana State Fair. Thank you to everybody that has come out today. I realize not everybody's here for the Hammer and Nigel show. This is a tap room. There are several people with their backs turned <laughs> away from us because they are in line getting beverages over there. That's an awesome lineup of beverages. It is. That you oh, have, fantastic. Um, we got some of our friends here today. We had Rob Kendall on earlier. We'll get Rob back on because we had yep. some technical difficulties. Had some technical issues with Rob, but wife associate has joined him. Yes. Uh, the sweet young child is with them. Yes. Um, <laughs> Ethan Hatcher is here. We'll get Ethan on here just a little bit and his big stupid hat, as I've made fun of him with. And uh, the Tonus, Tony Kennett from the Daily Signal with us as well. Now, you told me earlier you were really excited because you got a cease and desist letter today. I sure did. Uh, nice. Parent group in New Jersey, Democrat group. Uh, they're very mad that I reported that they sent, like, hate mail to the school board, and they're mad that I posted that hate mail online. They're did said, they send hate mail? They did. They okay. did send that, and they, they said, you need to take that down immediately. And so I, I, sent, uh, I sent them a picture of my middle finger, and I said, sue this. <laughs> Tell us, first of all, before we go on, what is the Daily Signal, and, and what kind of things do you guys cover over there? So unlike a lot of outlets, which pretend to be nonpartisan, unbiased, there's no such thing as unbiased journalism. Guess what? You're a person. You have opinions. The Daily Signal is a conservative news outlet. Not trying to hide it. I'm a conservative. Shocker. <laughs> and so therefore, uh, the Heritage Foundation, a lot of people at the Daily Signal, we go around and tell a lot of conservative and libertarian stories. And uh, we report on things around the country. And they let me investigate and stick my nose just wherever it goes. And your background, though, is in education, right? That's right. Uh, I just saw one of my uh, one of the teachers that I used to work with at IPS, and uh, the the scowl was very pleasant. <laughs> 
Are they one of the carnies out here now? No, <laughs> no, they were one of the people standing too close to children. I always, I always love the story about how you were uh, disciplined in the IPS school system for appearing on Tucker Carlson. That's true. Caused uh, the staff psychological damage. Mentioned zero names, mass psychological damage. So let's get into real stuff here. You just tried your first deep fried Oreo. Oh. Dude, it changed my life. It's not right? like I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like you would taste the hard cookie of the Oreo. No, it's all melted in oh, there. Oh, dude, I didn't know you could melt up like a, an Oreo dry cookie. It was phenomenal. You can melt anything if you have enough grease involved. That's <laughs> inspiration. This is, a, this is the Beach Grover in me coming out right here. Some Tennessee roots coming out. You can deep fry pretty much anything if you want. This is a man who was chewing shoelaces over the break. I believe him. <laughs> so uh, a couple things that um, are happening locally here. We've got this mayor's race that we've oh. been talking just a little bit about. Yeah, it's a real nail-biter, that one. And it seems like Jefferson Shreve, the Republican candidate, mm. just does not have a very good knack for timing <laughs> because he's bragging on social media, and we shared this earlier on our social media. I loved this tweet so much. That he's speaking to the movers and shakers of AES. Oh, yeah, the power oh. company that left everyone without power for several days and then completely screwed up PR. Not one, not two, but six times. Just and a there, master, that man. A couple different local watchdog groups are calling for the state to investigate AES. That story came out this week. So what does Jefferson Shreve do? Brag that he's speaking to AES. Like, you could not, not have a worse timed tweet to be bragging about hanging out with AES. I mean, I'm just waiting for Jefferson Shreve to, like, go actually do a fundraising event outside, like, a DUI jail cell. And just, like, hang out with a bunch of dudes recently arrested. That's his track record for public display at this point. So where are you at with the mayor's race of Indianapolis? I've made it perfectly clear. I'm not voting for either one of these guys. I will write in Abdul. I will write in somebody else. One guy is the worst mayor the city's ever seen. The other guy blames me for things like that. Clearly doesn't want my vote. So why should I give it to him? I'm going to write in Abdul. So I'm in a very beautiful spot when it comes to the Indianapolis mayor's race. And that place is called Greenfield. It's called not being in Indianapolis. <laughs> oh, that's right. You taught I it, IPS, it. but you don't live. I got out after the Floyd riots, after some little punk stood in front of my house with a brick. We were like, I don't need to be living in Indianapolis. I'm good. And uh, love not having to worry about which of the uh, two worst options are my mayor. But I am encouraging people to write in Abdul because, uh, you know, He's infinitely better than the garbage currently running on either party. There's a chance Abdul could set the record for most write-in votes for a candidate this year. And I guarantee you that after that happens, I will be writing an article immediately to cover it. <laughs> is it over? I said it was. I believe it is. This race is over, right? Okay. Uh, just a quick question for those out in the crowd here. Are there any of you out there who thinks that Jefferson Shreve still has a shot to win mayor of Indianapolis? People actually put their hands through the floor. One guy flipped you off. Yeah, that's really rude. He's telling you Daily Signal's number one right there. That's, that's right, yeah, yeah. There you go, that's my straw poll right there. It just makes me cringe, though, every time we talk about this and every time, you know, Hammer's a long time, lifelong Marion County resident. It, 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 there's part of me that I, I totally understand where you're coming from and, and what you're saying, but it makes me cringe because it's like Hogsett's doing a fist pump every time he hears somebody say, that or somebody or something similar along to those lines, I'm writing in Abdul because that technically is a win 
four hugs and, and it just 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 that well, makes me just oh it's so cringy so I, I put it this way so clearly what's moving Shreve is Hogset's ads Hogset puts out an attack and Shreve responds so he is living rent free inside Shreve's head which is pathetic I love seeing people that hate me tweet about me on Twitter saving pictures of me on their phones because I know I've got them they're mine I, they're living I'm living rent free and that's Hogset Hogset is doing more to Jefferson Shreve than literally any other candidate in Indiana politics right now. It's really sad. Is this a Shreve problem, or is this an Indiana slash Marion County GOP problem? So it's both. So it's, it's both because, hey, guess what? If you're a GOP county, you need to have the stones to come out and say, hey, this candidate made a mistake. We revoke our endorsement. I, if, if I was the, let's say I'm the Marion County GOP, and he comes out and, you know, literally turns his back on everything that he's supposed to stand for. Uh, I would say, you know what? You guys should write in a different candidate. I, we're not going to endorse this guy anymore. Yeah, he, his, he won the primary. He's the Republican nominee. But he is no longer worthy of our vote. That's what I would do. Let's uh, take it to the state level here. Uh, and the governor's race. And oh, yeah, that's a, that's a real close <laughs> race, that governor's race. I mean, is it bronze to lose at this point? It's I bronze mean? to lose, but the dark horse is Curtis Hill. I mean, he really is coming out of nowhere, and, and he's winning polls across the state at this point. The more people that get in, does that favor Curtis Hill? No, actually. Really? Uh, so, no. So, Braun is going to be carrying at least 35% of the primary vote because of name recognition. Uh, Suzanne Crouch is probably going to get one vote, and that's probably Suzanne Crouch. Uh, <laughs> that Chambers guy I've heard about, I still have no idea what he looks like or what his full name is. No one knows who he is uh, outside of uh, the corporate tax office. And uh, then Eric Doden has so much potential, but he just won't act on it. Like, literally, he, he believes a lot of the right things. He is, is less focused on Indianapolis. He's focused on the... There, you know there's a lot of Indiana outside of Indianapolis? Crazy. I, I know. It's crazy. He's the draft pick that doesn't work out. But he doesn't, he doesn't post. He doesn't get in there. All you have to do is punch Braun, and Curtis Hill's the only guy willing to throw a right hook. But, see, that's the thing. For me, Curtis Hill is the anti-establishment guy. The establishment hates Curtis Hill. Oh, yeah, Go back do. to when he actually ran back in 2016. Mm -hmm. Curtis Hill got the most votes of any Republican yeah. in Indiana, more so than Donald Trump uh, in Indianapolis. So, so I'm telling you, if there's enough people who are tired of the establishment, there's a place for Curtis Hill to be a, a come-from-behind candidate here. I got to say, I just like a candidate who is willing to say, I will hire a young, bearded man with really great taste to be the secretary of education or the state superintendent for Indiana. <laughs> and then on my first day, I'll fire 90% of the DOE. There he is. What right are you working on at the Daily Signal, my friend? Oh, I uh, really enjoyed raking NPR over the coals this afternoon. So you guys know the movie Sound of Freedom, yeah? Really great movie. Human trafficking right. film. Yeah. So NPR released a big article saying it's this right-wing conspiracy. Child trafficking is not that serious. NPR reported more on child trafficking busts over the last 10 years than any other outlet. They also just happened to forget reporting that the FBI made their largest child trafficking bust a few days ago, and 125 suspects were arrested and, like, over 50 children rescued. In two weeks. Doesn't sound like a conspiracy theory just to me. two what, weeks. Yeah. What, in your opinion, why don't liberal—why uh, uh, don't they like this movie? The movie made 
uh, tens of millions of dollars with a $14 million budget. It was beating uh, Indiana Jones the second weekend it opened. Now, ticket for ticket, Indiana Jones, of course, has sold more tickets. Right. But what uh, people obviously are flocking to see this movie. They're, they're, they're talking about this movie, but, um, you know, the Rolling Stone, NPR, keep on writing these, like, QAnon conspiracy theories about child trafficking. What is it that people don't like about this movie? So, my dude Hatcher and I talked about this a little bit, and I think that it really fits here. Have you ever, did you date before you were married back in 1923, Nigel? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Well, right. date, yeah, date, sure. A little bit, that's yeah, a yeah, good, yeah. That's back. a so, good description. So, when you broke up with Noah's daughter, and uh, <laughs> she started doing other things and was happy, did it kind of make you aggravated that she had the right to be happy? Any of your exes like that? Probably. The liberals often are like that. This movie really impassioned conservatives. They were like, wow, a mo- and just Americans in general. And it was from a conservative Progressives cannot stand to see Christians happy. It upsets them. Have you ever, like, posted, like, a, a picture of a straight couple on, like, Facebook? <laughs> they come out there, this looks like cis straight white energy. It's like you've never smoked a day in your life, and it sounds like you've got emphysema. <laughs> so, again, daily signals oh, where we can uh, find your work, right? And on Twitter, at The Tonus. The Tonus. Tony Kenneth, thank you. Thanks for stopping by, man. Thanks for having me. Hammer and Nigel show. We are live at the Tap Room at the Indiana State Fair. If you're coming by, we got some swag here for you. We got these WIBC tote bags. We've got pens. And yes, the Tap Room is open. The beer is flowing like wine. We are here till 7. It's the Hammer and Nigel show, 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read booze news because it's really fun. What's it in your lips? It's so good. Mitchell presents booze news, booze news. Time for booze news. And uh, Hammer, before we get to booze news, would you like to introduce our guest that you've been feuding with for the past couple days? Actually, <laughs> uh, Wyatt Earp's stunt double is here. <laughs> uh, Ethan Hatcher from Saturday Night on the Circle joins us. Hey, good to be here. Ethan and I have been having a little bit of a feud this week while you've been gone. He's been filling in on the Kendall and Casey show doing his, hey, I look like Tom Petty kind of routine. And it's just been rubbing me the wrong way. But I heard the evisceration... back at you today on, yeah. the, on the show, which is pretty vicious. If he can dish it, he can take it. <laughs> a lot of fat jokes. A lot of fat jokes there. You so, missed the old jokes, but I guess that's uh, what happens when you have a short-term memory. <laughs> so let's do a little booze news. You down for this, Ethan? Absolutely. So obviously by now, everybody knows about what's happened with Bud Light, right? Ever since they tried to go super woke and partner with Dylan Mulvaney and celebrate his 365 days as a woman, they've lost stock value, they've lost sales, they've had to fire 2% of their staff. Well, now Anheuser-Busch and the parent company, InBev, which used to make the top-selling brand, they said it's actually worse than we thought. Oh, They claim that the volume decline 
fell 14.1%. And the Wall Street Journal also backing that up and talking about firing 2% of their 18,000-person workforce. This is a disaster for the company. What are they going to do? Because they're backlogged in the production at this point. They have what must be warehouses full of Bud Light light that won't even sell, and they're giving it away for less than you can buy a pack of water. Ethan, was it so much the fact that they did some viral internet marketing campaign with that Dylan dude that pretends to be a little girl, or was it the the actual that arranged for all this, Heiner Schneid! Heiner Schneid! Um, who she later fired. <laughs> she went on a podcast and said, yeah, our brand is tanking if we stick to our base, which is a bunch of you know, a bunch of frat guys. Basically, in other words, trashing their customer base. I think it was more along those lines of what happened. Well, Nigel, I think they're part of the same conversation because her rebranding the company and moving it away from the so-called fratty brand and you know wanting to be more inclusive for the diversity the equity and inclusion and get the bank loans and support like that included shifting a focus toward characters like Dylan Mulvaney. And the straw that broke the camel's back was the fact that he runs around pretending to be a little girl. Because Bud Light, I think you and I have talked about before, ran a campaign previously where they put the rainbow all over their cans and there just, you know, wasn't a big ruckus. Nothing Nothing compared to the specific partnership with Dylan Mulvaney because it's beyond the pale. So we have an update from the executives over at uh, Anheuser-Busch. Their chief Chief Executive Michael Dukaris, Dukaris uh, put out this statement, quote, beer is about relaxation. People do not want to enjoy their beer with a debate. They want beer to be simple, beer to be for everyone. <laughs> really? And beer to be as enjoyable as they share it with their family and friends. It sounds like what this chief executive is saying is that Bud Light no longer wants to dive into politics because people don't like that kind of thing. Donald Trump Jr., your thoughts? <laughs> no, sh- <laughs> makes tens of millions of dollars for coming up with that strategy. Don't piss our customer base off. (laughs) Really? What do you have coming up on your show this Saturday? I am off. I am actually hosting what I call the Apostafest. Fest. And no, uh, I I was talking with producer Matt earlier. That's not dumb. That's not an (laughs) Italian. Thanks for that. But it's dumb because you're hosting it. It's it's an apostate festival for ex-Jehovah's Witnesses. For people who've left the religious cult, we all hang out and have essentially a barbecue and conversation and good time. (laughs) And it's called the Apostle Fest. So I'm taking off. No radio show this weekend. I wish I never would have asked. I wish I never would have asked. (laughs) Sorry to disappoint you, saggy sack of crap. (laughs) That's Ethan Hatcher, Saturday Night on the Circle. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock What's going on, everybody? Put your hands together. Hammer and Nigel on the road, Indiana State Fair. Welcome to the tap room, and uh, it is good to be here. Thank you guys for coming. My name's Nigel. That's Jason Hammer, and you can uh, reintroduce our next guest because the last time he was on with us last hour didn't go so well. He broke something last time he was here. <laughs> Mr. Off the Rails himself from the Kendall and Casey show, Rob Kendall there go, is Rob. here. Hey. Look at all these beautiful people. Right? I mean, did, your audience is gorgeous. Did you did you see, did you witness Hammer actually dunk his deep-fried Oreo into his Pilsner beer? Uh, yes. On the air? I was surprised he didn't like it. I thought for sure, knowing Hammer the way I did, 
those are his two favorite things, deep fried Oreos and beer. I thought, you know, I thought there was a match made in heaven. You know, I like ice cream. I like spicy mustard. I don't want the two mixed together. (laughs) I like deep fried Oreos and I like beer. I don't necessarily want the two dipped together. And I love that you were like last week, Hammer's like, man, I got to lose some weight. I said, all right, let's get get, get started. He's like, no, I'm going on vacation. (laughs) People forgot that I also ate the uh, deep fried Milky Way that came along with it. Nigel thought it was a corn dog. <laughs> I did. It looked like a corn dog. So what is the plan before we get into what we're getting into here? we got some serious stuff. But the plan when you get back from vacation, Hammer. What, so I think way, we're going be? to bring back a segment that I used to do yeah. on Rob's show where every Friday I waddle in there yeah. and I step on a scale. Theme music to Fat Albert playing in the background. <laughs> and we're going to set some sort of goal for myself. Yeah. And each week, if I don't either tie or lose a pound of some kind, then I have to put an X amount of dollars into a pot yeah. that Rob can use for whatever he wants. And it, it's so great to watch Hammer starve himself on a <laughs> Thursday. Now, how much did you end up donating to Rob the last time you did this? It was about 30 bucks. Yeah. Oh. It, wasn't, it wasn't bad. But I was pretty still, good. But you still lost 60 pounds. Right. So I was 50. Okay. And All right. the good still. news is, is I think I've gained it back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we can, <laughs> we can run this thing back that one is, more time. That is wonderful news. The other day, my wife is like, so what were Hammer and Nigel like when you guys were younger? I said, Hammer was really thin. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said this before. I'll say it again. I'm quoting the great comedian Tim Allen. Yeah. When you have a tool like this, you got to put a shed <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This is the last time the Hammer and Nigel will ever be invited back to the tap room here at the Indiana State Fair. And think about just like days before Mike Pence was out here, and it's gone from Mike Pence to you guys. We've got a much bigger crowd than Mike yeah. Pence ever had here. <laughs> Has he gotten enough uh, signatures, enough donations yet to make it to the debate? No, he's still like a Simpsons episode. He's got a robo-dial begging people for $1 for eternal happiness. Oh, 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 no. He's going to make it by the 23rd, though, right? Well, I'm torn because if he doesn't make it, that's hilarious. And if he does make it, then he has to get on stage with Trump. So you are a political animal. You have won elections. You've worked in the state house. You have ran some campaigns. He's a tax-cutting machine. That's You're right. a tax-cutting machine. Yeah. If you were advising Donald Trump, if you were hired to be his main chief advisor, would you let him compete in the debate? Well, the the lover of transparency of me says you have to do this, right? Because you have to stand on the stage to be accountable to the American people. That's what we're doing here. It's a battle of ideas. But the strategy side says, why would you do it? Yeah. He could have a rally or he could have an event with Tucker Carlson or yeah. whoever or Rogan or somebody like that that dwarfs the Republican debate. And then he can come out and say, look at all these losers. I, I beat them in an interview. Is there nowhere to go but down if he chooses to do the debate? Yeah, absolutely. He can only hurt himself. So it's the it's the right? I would go do it because I think those guys are easy to dispatch, most of them. But if you're Trump, you can only go down. So if you're his advisor and you just care about winning, wouldn't you just say, yeah, it's probably not a good idea. So keeping it in the debate world, we talked about this yesterday. It sounds like Gavin Newsom of California <laughs> and Ron DeSantis are going to have their own debate, like the undercard yeah. match before the main event here. I think this is a win-win for both of these guys because if indeed it is on Fox and Hannity's the moderator, Greasy Gavin can walk into the lion's den and look like 
Clubber Lang in yeah. Rocky Three. I'll fight you anywhere, anytime, Balboa. <laughs> Look at you know Casey DeSantis. Hey, woman. Like, <laughs> that would be Ron DeSantis, uh, Gavin Newsom rather, and DeSantis on the other hand, maybe if he beats down Gavin Newsom on policy, Florida against California, which should be pretty easy, he could reinvigorate that campaign. So I heard that segment, and that was right when you and Tony Kennett and Allison were being very mean to me about my oh. views on Taylor Swift, which was terrible. <laughs> and uh, But yes, I think you're absolutely right. It's the undercard, right? It's the only place for those guys to go is up if you're Ron DeSantis. And if you're Gavin Newsom, aren't you sort of showcasing yourself because a lot of people don't believe Biden's going to make it to 2024? He puts himself out there to a large audience. I mean, Fox audience isn't as big as it was with Tucker, yeah. but it's still a large audience. And they're going to see a Democrat candidate that, one, isn't 105 years yes. old, somebody that can actually speak in complete yep. sentences, and he's willing to go toe-to-toe. And he's a maniac. I mean, he is a far-left lunatic, so he really checks all the boxes of the Democrat Party. Who's watching it, though? Nerds like us? Or is it uh, is it more than, uh, you know, is it a low-information vote? Because I think it's hilarious because it's presumptuous. It's like Ron DeSantis surpassing Trump, ignoring everybody else in the field, and acting like he's the nominee. Yeah. And it's the same with Gavin Newsom. It's super interesting, though, isn't it? Because you have Ron DeSantis, who was the best governor in America yes. and was kind of the presumed guy to be the heir to the throne. And then you have Gavin Newsom, who is the look, so many people on the left want him to be president of the United States. And if he has a great showing, is there a lot of pressure on Biden to get out and say, hey, look, this is our guy and it's it's his time. It's so funny that the left keeps wanting to push Gavin Newsom. I was told that regular rich white dudes were the enemy from the Democratic Party. <laughs> yeah, and they want to politics. Put the poster boy of all of that out there. Well, remember in 2020, it was uh, it was old white people are awful and it was Bernie Sanders and it was Joe Biden and it was Elizabeth Warren and it was Michael Bloomberg. The left is always everything they claim to hate. Rob Kendall joining us here from the Kendall and Casey show. So I'm reading now that the Democrats are pushing for the Donald Trump trial, the <laughs> indictments and the charges, his trial to be televised like they did that primetime January 6th sham. <laughs> I think I think all of our trials should be televised. Don't don't you? I mean, I've seen they, they don't do that on the federal level, to yeah. be clear, right? But with the bells and whistles of a primetime audience yeah. and a moderator in the studio and all that. Well, the state of Indiana just passed a law to make yep. uh, make cameras in the courtroom more likely because I think it is good for us. No, the courts are sort of the one place we have no idea what what goes on in many cases. So I don't think that'd be bad. But you can't just say, well, we're going to do it because it's Trump. I mean, if you're going to have a low-level drug offender televised, yeah. then also Trump, okay. But you can't do it. Just just because it's Trump. Does, Rob, does Trump, Trump get stronger? I, I mean, I heard you and Ethan talking about this earlier today. <laughs> it's like the first indictment from Fat Alvin Bragg there in Manhattan <laughs> with, the, uh, with the campaign finance violations, the, the, the hush money payments. We were all like, oh, my gosh, what in yeah. the world? And now we've lost track of how many indictments there actually are against a man. They crashed a wedding last night after it. <laughs> There's 79. And then they, they're, they've lost their novelty almost. Yeah, they're, they're meaningless. And they're always done right after something happens with Hunter Biden or Joe Biden. The day yes. after. Yes. Every 
every time. Yeah, you know, Trump's well-assembled legal spokeswoman. Uh, uh, what's her? Uh, 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 Lena Habba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how you guys will send me videos of her and go, she's got a great legal mind. You should really check this out. <laughs> she's Not, that, she laid the case out, and she made a good point, right? Every time, specifically, instances where these things happen, and then Trump gets indicted, it, there's no... There's it no it gets indicted for the exact same thing Joe Biden right. is guilty of. That's what the... If you want to know what the left is doing, look at what they accuse other people of doing. I'd like to point out that I laid all of that out before Elena Haba. <laughs> I may not be as well built as Elena Haba, but we laid all of that out the other day. Uh, how about Rob Kendall, ladies and gentlemen? Give him a round of applause. And how about this beautiful audience? You guys are great. Yeah, it's awesome. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Are you really okay with this? Are you okay? Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty f***ing far from okay. Oh! Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Live out at the State Fair. Welcome to the tap room, everybody. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Thank you for coming out. Hammer, a seasoned traveler, lost one of her bags for three weeks, and now she's gone viral with tips on how to prevent lost luggage and what to do if it happens. Listen to this. I will continue to put air tags in any piece of luggage that I check in. I'm going to be taking photos of my luggage open right before I close it, as well as pictures of the bag itself. When I was updating my missing bag file, there was an opportunity to upload photos of anything that could be helpful for them to locate your bag, and photos like that would have been helpful. Because if your bag tag is ripped off, when they open your suitcase, they can compare it to the picture you took before your trip and identify it as yours. I will also be getting luggage tags to put on the outside of my bags when I fly. I was traveling for a wedding and I was a bridesmaid and thank God I had my dress and shoes on me because that would have been a really bad situation if I didn't for the wedding. Another TikToker that talks like <laughs> this and she goes really high at the end of her sentences, but are you okay with this putting air tags and the steps going to prevent your loss of luggage hammer? No, because they're still going to find a way yeah. to lose it. <laughs> right. It, it reminds me of when people get these big expensive car alarms on their car. Oh, that's great. Now I can hear my car being stolen <laughs> as it gets driven away by somebody. And based on what we've learned from Joe Hogsett, it's the car fault. So <laughs> yeah. the airlines are on the struggle right. bus right now between the pilot shortage, the shortage of air traffic controllers, and luggage being lost, which does not make me feel excited to travel. Because I'm leaving. traveling this weekend. I'm getting on a bird on Sunday night. So, but are you going to put air tags in your luggage like this TikToker suggested? If I did, I would talk just like that. <laughs> but the you answer is no. Like I don't want to talk like that. It sounds like a lot of work. I'm going to pass. I am not okay with that. All right, let's move along. Google is making it easier for people to remove their nude search results. They've launched a form online where you could let them know if there's an intimate photo of you online that you'd like to have removed. Are you okay with this? No, I want everyone to see my nudes. <laughs> if I put nudes out there, 
I want the tasteful ones and the distasteful I ones out like there. I would like to make it through a broadcast without me gagging or puking here. And I believe it was the sitting president of the United States who made it perfectly clear that everybody is just like Hunter and has tons of tons of nudes <laughs> on their phone and it gets out there and then, quote, you have a revealing photo of your naked friend. That's not me quoting. That's <laughs> Joe Biden's words, word for word. I understand why this is happening. All jokes aside, this is some kind of revenge porn kind of stuff here. Yeah, so if yeah, you yeah. sent a lover a revealing photo, and next thing you know, you guys break up, you don't want that person posting your photos out there on the Internet. So that's why this happens. But personally for me, when I'm trying to find Jennifer Lawrence pictures, this is going to make it a pain <laughs> in the butt. And this brings us to great moments in naked history, correct? Great Listen moments. to that round of applause for great <laughs> moments in naked history. Dateline, Florida. Police in Florida chasing a drug addict who was naked and covered in some type of grease. Oh. I got one running going westbound behind just the fence. He's naked. <laughs> He's in the He's pool. Naked. Still running. Get back here! Put your hands behind your back! Hands behind your back! Oh, okay, it's like a paste. Yeah. What's all over you, man? It smells like toothpaste. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Those poor officers do not get paid nearly enough to deal with a nude man covered in toothpaste. Great moments in naked history. Dateline, Florida. Police in Florida arrested a naked man who ran into this elderly woman's home. But the elderly woman scared him off by taking out her false teeth. <laughs> Here is the TV report. It could have been a very, very bad scene, uh, the situation. The woman was victimized not only having to uh, have someone in her home uh, not, that's not wanted in her home, but also someone who was wearing no clothes. For her part, Pedersen told me she was never frightened by the suspect. He was just a dumbass. I love this woman. <laughs> She's awesome. And again, she frightened the would-be robber off, the naked robber, by taking out her dentures <laughs> and, like, you know, scaring him off with them, like chomping them at her. And last but certainly not oh, least, more? great moments in naked history, police in Ohio arresting a naked woman who was outside of a Waffle House licking people's faces. 38-year-old Freedom Zobrist was asked to leave the property for trespassing. Employees say that's when Zobrist became verbally abusive and threatening. Zobrist then walked to the middle of the parking lot and pulled her pants down, exposing herself. Oh. Zobrist then attempted oh. to grab an employee's and when he tried to stop her, she licked both sides of his face. Zobris is facing multiple charges, including lewd and indecent exposure, battery, and assault. I'd say I'd be disappointed if I went to a Waffle House and didn't see something like that. Right. You didn't get your money's worth if you don't go to a Waffle House and there's not somebody naked or somebody licking somebody's faces. Someone is developing an Olympics alternative hammer called the Enhanced Games where doping is actually encouraged to unlock human potential. Oh. This is supposed to launch in December of next year. Are you okay with this? So basically, this is the all-drug Olympics, right? <laughs> you can dope as much as you want, do all the blow that you want. Ladies and gentlemen, carrying the flag into the Olympic Stadium, Hunter Biden. Give oh, him a I round of applause. <laughs> like, if they don't get Hunter to sponsor that or host it, right. they're missing a real opportunity. He's got to be the team captain here, right? 
right? Um, didn't Saturday Night Live years ago do a sketch called the All Drug Olympics? And I think it was Dana Carvey, it might have been Phil Hartman. They were the weightlifter, and they lifted up, and their arms got ripped out of their sockets. That's what we're going for here. But I'm not going to lie. I'm okay with this. I don't have to do the drugs. But if I see some dude hopped up on meth making a run for it in a sprint, you got my attention. Let's do it. I'm here for it. Come on. All right, one more here for you. The Magnum Roller Coaster. Oh, I've written this one. The Magnum Roller Coaster over at Cedar Point had a, quote, check engine mechanical issue. Ooh. It caused the ride to stop about 200 feet up. They couldn't get it going again. All the riders had to walk down that steep staircase back down. Are you okay with this? No, I'm not. And I admit, I am a... Uh Somebody that has had a situation on a roller coaster before where you get stuck on these things. Now, I wasn't 200 feet up in the air. I was literally inverted, face down, <laughs> looking at the ground, 100-degree Florida day, sweat pouring <laughs> off my big dome. That sucks. Just a miserable experience. But I'm not the biggest fan of height. So if you're telling me that I've got to walk down this very steep 200-foot you know, thing to come down off the ride, man, I don't know. I think I might rather be stuck up there and just wait for <laughs> yeah, them to wait get it, it to come down. <laughs> right. As long as I'm not like sideways, upside down, inverted, I can do that. That's fine. Now, if we're talking about the Magnum roller coaster, now again, I've never been on this ride, but if they're not playing the Magnum PI theme song, they're doing it wrong. <laughs> Allison, give it to me. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. This needs to be played on a loop the entire time you're on the ride. It just makes everything better. This is also the song I play when I know it's time to make sweet love to the coupon. Okay, lady. all right. This this gets her going, huh? It, this is the aphrodisiac. This, I try to keep up with the beat, actually. <laughs> um, you guys having a good time out here tonight? Yeah. We got the Sticks concert coming up later on. If you want to come out and watch that show, get here early. You can bring your own lawn chair if you want. But we are going to be up here partying until 7 o'clock. So stop by. We're at the Tap Room, the Indiana State Fair. <laughs> yeah. What up? This is Dr. Dre. The party's going on. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. The Hammer and Nigel Show. <laughs> Welcome to the State Fair, everybody. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Let's hear it. We are uh, live in the tap room at the Indiana State Fair. Sticks on the uh, Hoosier Lottery free stage later tonight. Hammer, I saw this story. I immediately thought of you. Mark Zuckerberg's 4,000-calorie meal from McDonald's. I love that you thought of me. <laughs> so, Mark Zuckerberg, well, first of all, you do have what I will admit to is a genius idea, uh, the unlimited buffet at McDonald's. 24-hour-a-day, all-you-can-eat buffet from McDonald's. Go through, get your own nuggets, get your own fries, all the special sauce you want. You pile it on, baby. And everybody knows who Mark Zuckerberg is, right? That little skinny weasel that runs Facebook that squashed and censored stories during the 2020 election that proved to be 100% accurate. Well, so he... 
he eats 4,000 calories a day to offset all the activity because he stays active with Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. So he's a skinny guy, and you get that active in a sport, you, you need a lot of calories. It's like what Michael Phelps used to exactly do, right? Exactly. Michael Phelps used to eat like 20,000 calories a day. So... Replying to some uh, threads on Facebook, Zuckerberg said, quote, not cutting weight, so I need 4,000 calories a day to offset all activity, and it's so delicious. 20 nuggets. Okay. A quarter pounder. Okay. Large fries. Oreo McFlurry, apple pie, and maybe some side cheeseburgers for later. That's what I get for a Colts game. (laughs) On opening day of the NFL this year, that's what I'm going to order, and then I'll ask my kids and wife, do you want anything? (laughs) What's what's the most... What's the most you've spent on yourself at a fast food restaurant? Be it Taco Bell or McDonald's. Sober? Sober. Sober. That eliminates Taco Bell. Um, Probably about $30. (laughs) On yourself? Yes. I'm not talking about Crystal or Jacob or Christopher. $30 on yourself? Maybe $35. (laughs) I'm like, if I'm being honest about it, there was a time when uh, my wife was pregnant with our first and every time she would get a craving for something i'd be like let's go and i didn't want her to feel bad so i always ate more than she did and that may have been one of those nights so it was sympathy pains kind of like when a guy has sympathy pains you 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 sympathize with her i still ate every bite of it sure every bite okay so non-sober at taco bell what was the bill 40 (laughs) 40 easily and i feel so bad for your toilet the next morning after that (laughs) good lord yeah there are certain things that uh you feel pity for like (laughs) rosie o'donnell's bike seat toby (laughs) keats workout pants and my can after a 40 dollar taco bell run sorry did you say rosie o'donnell's bike seat yes like she rides a bike the horror that that thing has probably seen Listen to this. According to um, ratings results, Nielsen uh, ratings, News Nation's UFO special, We Are Not Alone, which aired this past Sunday, outpaced CNN's programming in the key 25 to 54 demographic. CNN losing to News Nation, which is an up-and-comer. News Nation, I think, and you and I have been on News Nation before. It's a fledgling cable outlet. I think it's a very sleek, I think it's very well done. And the fact that they're beating CNN in the ratings right now really tells you how how horrible CNN is. You're right. CNN should never lose to anything News Nation is doing. But it's not like this was News Nation's news programming. It took a special on aliens to beat CNN. Now, it feels like, and maybe I'm alone on this, the alien story's been totally just blown out of the water. You had guys saying, yeah, we got biometric uh, remains from another planet, basically. Right. We were dragging carcasses out of vehicles, (laughs) and nobody seems to care. Like, there could be a primetime special tomorrow of, you know, somebody holding up the carcass of an alien saying, this, this is what we recovered in Roswell. Aliens are real. And I think most people will be like, all right, what's Biden doing tonight? (laughs) But this guy that testified before that committee was a totally... I mean, I say totally credible. He had all the credentials. Oh, yeah. Yes. He worked in the uh, 
the science department yeah. of the federal government, never had any history of being like a crackpot or anything like that. And his story, and he's told it multiple times, holds up. The story is the same yes. every single time. But the fact that News Nation, which still has a lot of work to do becoming a main player in the field of cable news, I watch them more than I do Fox News now. I do just like in terms of straight news on in the background. Like I find myself once they got rid of Tucker, I'm just not interested in that much anymore. I watch. I do like the five, but there's nothing for me on CNN. There's nothing for me on MSNBC. I don't really know any of the opinion personalities on News Nation. You know, Fredo. Fredo does that's their nighttime right. program. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and, and, but Fredo and, has Bill O'Reilly on quite a bit, so it's right. not the same CNN. Chris Cuomo, sure. he's trying to show that he's, you know, listening to the other side a little more. Now, I don't believe him. I don't believe a single word he has to say when he's trying to talk yeah. about the other side, but it's a different version of Fredo. I will support our pal Jesse Waters. He's been really good to he this program. He was with us in the beginning. Um, yes. I, he hasn't called in a while uh, since his star is on the rise there at Fox News, uh, and I do watch him. But, yeah, he was with us there in the beginning calling our show when we were nobodies. Right. Still nobody. But. Still nobodies. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I hope he does well. I like the five. His show at eight. But you're right. Like, when they made that transition, I'm talking about Fox, from Bill O'Reilly to Tucker, you still felt like, okay, yeah. I've got my flamethrower there. I've got this show. I'm going to give it a chance. I kind of like it. Do you see Jesse Waters developing into what Tucker ultimately sure. became? Sure, and I think he already is to some extent. Um, it's just two totally different shows, though, and I could tell. Tell the difference. Um, we are getting ready to officially start Beer Sample Friday. Now, we've been kind of having some beers all throughout the afternoon, but the official kickoff to the weekend is coming up in just a few moments. We've got a special guest, don't we, Nigel? I think, I think the official mailman of the Hammer and Nigel show, a guy I've known since, like, 98, uh, is, is one of the biggest beer drinkers I've ever met in my life. He's told some controversial stories <laughs> on these air waves before are you are you good to come join us are you good to come join us for beer sample friday all right let's do it so let's break now so we have plenty of time all right coming up next get ready a special tap room edition of beer sample friday at the hammer and nigel show Woo. ladies and gentlemen boys whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Boys and girls, children of all ages, it's the moment you've been waiting for. It is Beer Sample Friday! Woo! Right now! Cameron and Nigel present Beer Sample Friday! I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Beers on sale, people. Come down, get you some. And Allison, if you could have some of those clips uh, lined up that we didn't get to the last break that involved beer, have those lined up. We're sponsored, by the way. Thompson Furniture and Mattress in Columbus usually provides the beer and the sponsorship. Today, the Indiana State Fair Tap Let's Room go! providing the beer. 
for Beer Sample Friday. And also we're joined by the official mailman of the Hammer and Nigel show. That's Justin right there. How are you doing, bud? I'm good. Thanks I've, for having I've me. I've known Justin since the uh, mid to late 90s. He had it's, one appearance on this show, and I swear to God, we got so many tweets. <laughs> you have to give him a weekly segment. You've got to bring this guy back. I, 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 I had to remind him that we were live <laughs> on the air and that you couldn't say that. Uh, any, any, any good mailman stories off the top of your head that you can think of? Uh, Dog bites, naked ladies, what are we talking here? <laughs> well... Uh, I've had some dogs chase me before and come through the windows, actually down the street from Kendall's house. But uh, luckily, I got away from yeah, that German is, Shepherd. This is Rob Kendall's. Uh, <laughs> this is Rob Kendall's mailman. Wasn't he complaining about his mail delivery recently? Oh yeah, already today. It was an hour late because I was off. So <laughs> I already warned him I'm off the next two weeks. So be prepared. How many beers do you think you and I have shared together? Have, have drank together over since like you know? Let since me give you a met. calculator here. <laughs> We Between need the, the multiplication <laughs> sign, for sure. Over or under 50,000? I would say over. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a betting guy, and we're hammering the over on that one right there. Well, we are in the uh, State Fair tap room. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. This is Beer Sample Friday. The way it usually works is sometimes bars will bring us booze. Sometimes brewers will come out and drop stuff off for us. This time, the tap room has dropped off uh, a couple different beers. You, go ahead, Hammer. Tell us what you have right there. Look at this. This is Sun King's Deep Fried Sandwich Cookie Pastry Ale. <laughs> so earlier in the program, I took a deep fried Oreo and I dipped it in a beer and we tried it. I'm hoping that this tastes substantially <laughs> better than that. So let me crack this bad boy open. Now this is what I've got too. And anybody that's got a beer out here, here's what we want. Whether you're in your office, if you're at home, or if you're here in the tap room, raise up your glass and on the count of three, as loud as you can, I want you to say cheers. One, two, three, cheers. Oh, this is much better. This is good. <laughs> That's incredible. This tastes like a dessert. Again, the, you, we have the uh, State wow. Fair Deep Fried Sandwich Cookie Pastry Ale. I don't know that I've ever heard uh, of a pastry ale. What do you have over there, mailman? I got some uh, cherry shake-up. It's pretty good. A little sweet. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's a 6%er right there. That'll that'll get rid of the shakes in a, in a heartbeat. <laughs> People look and say, oh, cherry shake-up. I bet it's not that strong. Yeah, it's coming at you with 6% alcohol. Nigel probably needs to switch me then. <laughs> I, for some reason, I, I for, for decades now, I've, I, I kind of shake a little bit. I got like essential tremors is what they call it. It's called you being know? an alcoholic. No. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to disappear the more beer I guzzle. They seem to, you know, kind of disappear the more alcohol I consume. But, <laughs> but. <laughs> You're getting heckled by Bruno. <laughs> Bruno's follicles is over here. Um. So should we do some of this audio here in honor of Beer Sample Friday, Hammer? Well, sure. It is Beer Sample Friday. And here is 30 seconds of our favorite Supreme Court Justice, Brett Kavanaugh, talking about beer. Did you consume alcohol during your high school years? Yes, we drank beer. I liked beer. Still like beer. Sometimes probably had 
too many beers, and sometimes other people had too many beers. What we drank you? beer. We liked beer. Beer, the beer, beer, beers, beer, some beers. Beers with friends. <laughs> I liked beer. I still like beer. Beer, beer, beer in high school. Drinking beer, which I gladly do, <laughs> and which I fully embrace. I drank beer with my friends. I like beer. I still like beer. Yeah, we left out the part about boofing, by the way. Yes, if you want to talk about flatulence, I'm game. Um, we have a record label. Uh, Mr. That's Mailman, right. have you ever heard of Hammer and Nigel Records before? For sure. <laughs> way to sell it. Uh, we have a record label, Hammer and Nigel Records, and we once came out with a full album where not only Brett Kavanaugh, but a certain former president sang songs about beer. Coming soon from Hammer and Nigel Records, the collaboration everybody's been waiting for. Judge Kavanaugh and Donald Trump singing songs about beer. I like <laughs> drinking beer. Let's follow the boy. Boys, on down to Mexico. Beer in Mexico. <laughs> That's right. Judge Kavanaugh and President Trump singing songs about beer. Sometimes I had too many beers. And if there's one thing we all know, Judge Kavanaugh is good at drinking beer. Honey, don't ask. Pretty good at drinking beer. <laughs> hey, Judge, how about a beer for your horse? Whiskey for my man. Oh, my. <laughs> hey, don't forget about the bonus track at the end where Judge Kavanaugh and President Trump prank call Nigel's mom at work. <laughs> This is Tina. May I help you? Beer. 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 Hello. This is Tina. Beer. Beer. The beer. Excuse me. This is Tina. May I help you? I like drinking beer. I'm sorry. I don't know who this is or why you keep asking for me. Beer. 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 Please stop now. I'm. I, who is this? I like drinking beer. I'm sorry. That's, I'm going to call the police. Don't call the police. Call Hammer and Nigel Records. <laughs> Judge Kavanaugh and Donald Trump singing songs about beer. Hell yeah. I like beer. beer. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. So on behalf of the Hammer and Nigel Show, we're going to do this one more time. Everybody get your beers in the air. And on the count of three, as loud as we can, we're going to make some noise and say cheers. One, two, three. Cheers. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIBC.